0: It's weird. What
1: that the headphones are so bad. It's
0: not, no, that my not that, like the
1: connection are bad. is bad. I know. Yeah, I'm not blaming oh. your headphones. I'm like, <laughs> it's weird that your headphones suck so <laughs> much.
0: Hey, I'm Ray. And I'm Harry. And this is a forever.
1: The show where we each bring three terms the other person doesn't know. And they have to guess them based on an overarching theme that hopefully they know about. (laughs) At the end, we tally it all up, five points for each, and the top number of points wins no prize.
0: (laughs) It's coveted. (laughs) It's a coveted
1: no prize.
0: Do you want to say your terms first or guess first?
1: I'm going to guess first, actually.
0: Okay, cool. My theme (laughs) is urban planning. Oh,
1: cool. All right. My friend is going to the National University of Singapore to study urban planning. For anthropology? Yeah, for anthropology. (laughs) No, she's going to urban planning. My first term
0: is defensive design.
1: All right. So my first guess would be like when you design a fort city. So you build a big wall around it. So you design your city with the intention of defending it. That's my first thought. Okay. I'm guessing urban planning didn't exist <laughs> in medieval times. <laughs> so I'm going to move swiftly on to a more modern approach.
0: <laughs> They're like, mm, let's put the surfs here. Yeah,
1: surfs there. <laughs> Maybe the baths here. <laughs> we get some public transit through the main thoroughfare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe horses for a dollar a ride. <laughs> yeah. Get some kind of tap situation.
0: Yeah, classy.
1: Defensive to defend against something. To be protected, design to plan something. So maybe it's designing a city in terms of reducing crime.
0: It has less to do with uh, designing a city on that scale, uh, and more to do with designing specific things within the city. And it can apply to any specific thing within a city, but it's like on a smaller scale than designing it like an entire city to putting up those
1: concrete pylons so that cars can't smash through public places? No. You nodded at the beginning when I said concrete. (laughs) Concrete (laughs) pylon, no. Mm -mm.
0: It's trying to sort of corral the Okay, I'll
1: use the word corral, (laughs) see where I can get. So defensive planning is trying to sort of corral. (laughs) Perfect, five out of five, let's move on. (laughs) Of certain public spaces, like corral people in specific ways so that dangerous things don't happen? Or like so that they remain safe in the way that they walk through places like crowd control kind of?
0: It's also called hostile design.
1: Hostile design. By critics
0: of defensive design. (laughs) (laughs) By movie critics.
1: (laughs) Is it like defending against unwanted things in your city? Is it like those spikes they put for homeless people? Yeah, that's that's an example com- of defensive design. Yeah, so it's like designing specific parts of the city to defend against unwanted elements existing within that area, or just not necessarily existing, but making sure they don't they aren't there. It's so like corralling things away from places you don't want them.
0: You're very close. Do you want me to? Yes. Okay. So it's. Designing something so that it can only be used oh. in the intended appropriate yes. way yes. So for example, if you've ever been in a park and you're like I would like to lie down on this bench But I cannot lie down on this bench because there's an armrest mm-hmm. in the middle of the bench Yeah, it's because they don't yes. want you to lie down on it. Yeah, or when there are bits of concrete That have like random knobs along yeah. them so that skateboarders can't yeah. grind along Yes said bit of concrete um. And and critics call it hostile design because, yes, it prevents things like loitering, Mm. but then at the same time, what about people who need the space in a way that the defensive design doesn't allow?
1: Defensive design is designing specific parts of a city such that they can only be used for their intended purpose.
0: All right, cool. My next term is third space.
1: So if there's a third space, there's two others at least. Yes. Can you tell me what those are?
0: Sure. Home and work.
1: Okay. is third space designing places in a city where people can, you know, exist recreationally. It's like recreational space.
0: Yeah. So a third space is just, it's it's what it sounds like. I would say yeah. you got it. It's yeah. like you have home, yeah. you have work, and the third space is a third place that you can exist. Some qualities, it's like a neutral ground. It's accessible. Neutral. It encourages conversation. It feels sort of homey. Mm-hmm. You can spend a lot of time there without spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That term was initially mentioned in one of my classes uh, where the professor said that the YMCA was his third place. Mm. And then I was watching this video recently where they were talking about malls being torn down in the United States and what it means for social spaces and whether or not a mall is a suitable third place. Mm -hmm. The video creator was saying that it's good in that it's a neutral ground and accessible and Mm -hmm. encourages conversation. All those things can happen, but malls certainly favor the rich because... The purpose of a mall is for yeah, people it's a to buy things, so they're constantly yeah. barraged by messaging, being like, buy these things. All right, and my third term is desire paths.
1: Desire paths. So, number one, you like design a path that someone would desire to walk down. Number two, that someone's desires would take them down. Or number three, based on people's desires for a certain thing or what they want or what they would want, maybe sequentially or you know, in some way such as that, you would design a path within the city where people would be able to walk through and get all the things that they would want or need. Those are my three. I'm guessing it's the third one. It's not the third one. Is it the first one? A literal path where people <laughs> would want to walk down. What was the second one? The second one was a path that people would want to walk down.
0: And the first one was? <laughs>
1: <laughs> a path. <laughs> I, th- I thought
0: the first one was a path that people would want to walk down. No,
1: a, a, a f- the first one was just like a path. It's so like a nice path okay. in like a park. Okay. The second one was like an, like an avenue through a city, a pathway that people would want to walk down. So those are two different kinds of paths.
0: <laughs> is, are they differentiated by the fact that one's in a park? Yes. <laughs>
1: okay. One's like an actual path, okay. like a gravel path <laughs> <Yeah>. through grass. <laughs> right. Whereas the other is more of a journey Okay. a path I would say that I'm the guessing they're not <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I would say that the journey theme <laughs> mm-hmm. comes closest to the definition
1: creating a journey full of things that people would want no nope. I don't know
0: okay a desire path is created as a consequence of erosion from traversal
1: oh so that's interesting yeah
0: so it's like a shortcut yeah through the forest and then the path even though it's just through the middle of the forest is all beaten down Mm -hmm. that's a desire path interesting and so you can actually use things like snowfall Mm -hmm. in urban planning by noting where people walk through the snow and the paths that they create and then when the snow melts actually creating a path there.
1: That's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Because you notice that all the time where it's like where they wanted you to walk, but then more everyone walks instead. And it's like you guys, you may as well just put in the infrastructure so that that's where people walk. Right. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Desire path.
0: Nice. That is the end of round one.
1: All right. So my concepts are about China, okay. as they so often are these days. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite class, so I've been taking a lot of words from it. Got it. Um, they're from the 70s and 80s, so about 10 or 15 years after the last terms I used. <laughs> okay. And to give you some context, China's being opened up and reformed toward a more liberal direction, neoliberal direction. Okay. Kind of capitalism not democracy yeah. but capitalism. Okay. So, the first word or phrase is iron rice bowl.
0: Iron rice bowl?
1: Yes. The the phrase would be the iron rice bowl
0: mm-hmm. at a time when China is becoming more Capitalist. capitalistic.
1: So like government jobs are less stable, maybe yeah. there's less social security funding. Yeah.
0: Okay. Two trains of thought. Yeah one iron rice bowl like the bowls out of which you're eating rice are now iron which is a symbol for the industrialization of china second (laughs) train of thought is that rice (laughs) i mean that's like a form of sustenance the iron rice bowl it's like working in more of an industrialized economy is giving you more access to food. <laughs> mm.
1: All right, here is where I'm going to give you the hint. Okay. The phrase is, that it's used generally, yeah. is the breaking of the Iron Rice Bowl.
0: Is it the idea that the introduction of more of a market breaks monopoly or oligarchic control of resources and capital?
1: Not really. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so the Iron Rice Bowl was the system of guaranteed employment. Okay. So oh. I see. Because yeah. it, like, it was a guaranteed source of income and food. Yeah. So breaking it in the reforms <laughs> was meaning that you no longer have guaranteed employment. Right. There's a lot of layoffs.
0: Got it. Okay. So the iron rice bowl is a metaphor for guaranteed employment. Yeah. Iron being sort of fixed yes. and secure and rice bowl being life-sustaining. Being
1: what we would call food.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's a metaphor that stands <laughs> for larger things. <laughs> Okay, cool. And then breaking the Iron Rice Bowl is the introduction of markets destabilizing, yep. secured, guaranteed employment.
1: Exactly. Cool. Next, the household responsibility system. So this was a system of organizing agriculture that was implemented during the to- these reforming times.
0: Okay. So a household, the people who live in a house, usually a family, mm-hmm. the members of that family. Sure. Okay, well, a system bunch of subsystems coming together to produce some aggregate behavior yep. so is it the way that work was divided in a family
1: think of it in terms of a larger division
0: are certain households responsible for farming certain goods
1: no okay the implementation of the household responsibility system is a division of sorts but not within that household
0: I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) It's so before this, there's the collectivization of farms and the creation of large agricultural cooperatives in which all people's land is held collectively and they're all responsible. Everyone's responsible for the farming of it. So the implementation of this system is splitting up the land so that each household doesn't own it privately yet, I don't think, but they're responsible for their own plot of land.
0: Okay. Got it. So the household responsibility system land was divided up from larger cooperative aggregates yeah. to family units yes, exactly. to farm their plot, even yeah. though they might not have owned it at the time. Yeah, yet. I think it
1: was still technically owned collectively or right. by a collective.
0: Okay. Cool, cool, cool. That's no,
1: good, <laughs> good. And number three <laughs> Democracy Salons.
0: Okay. Is a democracy salon somewhere you go to learn about democracy? Yes. Well, they're not democratic. I don't know if they're trying to become democratic. So are they learning?
1: Some people may be wanting to. So we're now in the 80s. Yeah. And in 1989 was Tiananmen Square.
0: Okay. What I'm thinking is a salon kind of a front for something and then people go there to learn about democracy and discuss democratizing the country?
1: Yes. Cool. So it's not a front in the sense of like, we're cutting people's hair. But in the back, they're actually talking about democracy. Okay. It's more like a metaphor for the fact that these student groups like call themselves specific <laughs> things, like the Mousy Dog Study Group or whatever. But right. in reality, they would meet and like discuss democratic theory. Okay, cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. yeah.
0: Sick. Cool. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right, I'll go first Okay. with the scoring. Please But do. let me know when you have your scores ready. My scores are ready. All right, great. Uh, you want to give your scores? No, you can <laughs> go give your scores first. But let me know when yours are ready. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so for defensive design, I gave you 4 out of 5. Ooh. For a third space, I gave you 5 out of 5. Ooh. And for desire paths, I gave you 2 out of
1: 5. Yep. Yeah. Okay. For iron rice bowl, I gave you 2 out of 5. Cool. For household responsibility system, I give you one out of five. Understandable. And for democracy salons, I gave you five out of five. (laughs) Yeah,
0: the one redeeming.
1: (laughs) So that's a grand total of eight out of 15.
0: All right, and yours is 11 out of 15. Nice. Cool. If you want to learn a little bit more about urban planning, I will link some videos about defensive design and third spaces in the show notes as well as an episode of the podcast 99% Invisible, which talks a lot about design that specifically touches on desire paths but if you're interested in design in general you might enjoy the podcast 99% invisible
1: my terms are from my lecture notes (laughs) and therefore not hugely accessible Ooh, i do actually have a really good book that you can read this time it's called cultural revolution at the margins chinese socialism and crisis by yi ching wu
0: all right cool a for Effort is hosted and produced by me, Maraid.
1: And me, Harry.
0: <laughs> and is edited by me, Maraid. But
1: not me, Harry.
0: <laughs> our music is Chop Shop Instrumental by White Flowers, and our logo is by Eights. You can find the show on iTunes. Please subscribe and leave a review. That would be great.
1: And if you'd like to get into contact with us, you can find us on Facebook. Just type in A for Effort, or you can email us at aforeffortcast at gmail.com.
0: Still reading those emails.
1: You like Every time they come in, which yep. is frequently... <laughs> They're read thoroughly. There
0: is an influx of emails. There's an influx.
1: We got a, <laughs> we got, we've got mail.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, and other than that, we'll see you in two weeks.
1: Bye. Bye. I'm gonna talk around this level, I think. I'm gonna say things like, Hey, forever. <laughs>